Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. We are in the, uh, the beginning of a series uh, that we started titled God's Plan for Financial Blessing. God's plan for financial blessing. Last week, we looked at uh, honoring God with our tithes and offerings. And uh, this week, we want to jump into a new, uh, uh, a new title, a new uh, sermon. But before we go there, I really want to just share this. This, for me, has been an incredible series because I believe that this is a word for each one of us. I feel like this, it's a prophetic word, even. I would go that far to say that it's a word for us, and I hope that each one of us will be able to hear and receive uh, from God's word. Because when the Bible tells us, and our key scripture for this uh, theme or uh, for this series is Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight, and this is what it says: It says, "And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things." At all times, having all that you need, you will be abound in every good work. Okay? You will abound in every good work. I really have a sense in my heart that, first of all, God has a plan, a financial plan for your life. God wants to bless each one of us financially. Praise the Lord. There is. God has a plan for our financial blessing. That word, Blessing, by the way, is not just, you know, something falling from heaven or, you know, that's, that's not what it means. It actually means empowered to prosper. Okay? It means that what, what, what that scripture is saying is that God, okay, has a plan to empower you so that you can prosper financially. And what that also implies is that God wants you to have knowledge, to have principles so that you can prosper financially. Praise the Lord. Aru, we are here, eh? He does. Okay, from this, this scripture we see uh, three things. One, I believe that that word empowered, okay, that word, sorry, blessing speaks for me that he wants to empower us, that there is an, a place for us to learn, to have an understanding of principles, to have knowledge concerning financial blessing. It's not just uh, uh, we're just going to come into money. No, that's, that's, that's the wrong way. I don't know if there's anyone who has ever won a lottery and they have become the richest man on earth. It doesn't exist. Because God intends that we come into certain resources because we have also acquired knowledge and principles. So, God's plan for financial blessing includes empowerment to prosper. But also, what I love about this plan okay, that God has for us, God has spoken to us about who he is. He says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. So in this plan that he has for us, he has declared who he is. For him, he has said, I am able to bless you. Praise the Lord. You know, when we make budgets, when we make plans, many times we have limited resources, true or false. We're expecting help or maybe a contribution from here or there. But in, in, in this plan between us and God, God has said, I got this. Hallelujah. 
He said, I am able. And so we, when we are getting into that understanding, as we begin to learn, we realize that on his end, he is able to bless us. He's able to empower us. He's able to equip us so that we can be financially blessed. The beautiful thing I love about this scripture also, theme scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, is that the last, the last part details that this financial blessing has a purpose. Hallelujah. It has a purpose. His, just, his intention is not that we are just rich, get all we can and can all we get and then we sit on the can. No, that's not God's plan. There is a purpose for God's blessing. So today we want to look at one principle, one more principle. Last week we looked at one principle and that is tithe and offering, honoring God with our tithes and offering. And why? Because when we honor God with our tithes and offering, we are telling him, you are the source. It's not my income. It's not my efforts. It's not anything I can do. You are my source. Today, we want to look at another principle that will help us to grow in our financial blessing, in, in God's plan for financial blessing. And that principle is contentment. Tell your neighbor contentment. Today, we want to look at another critical principle. That principle is contentment. What is contentment? Contentment is described as the attitude of being happy and satisfied regardless of one's circumstance. It's the attitude, okay, of being happy and satisfied regardless of one's circumstance. That is what contentment is. I want to ask you a question. Are you truly happy? Are you truly a satisfied and happy person? When you think about your life, are you happy? Are you satisfied with your life? Many of us would answer no. Because many of us are also thinking, if only I had this or the other, then I would truly say that I am happy. If I had at least a six-figure salary, I would be content. If I had a wife or a husband, I would be content. If I owned a home, praise the Lord, I would truly be content. Now, if I had a certain phone or, you know, the latest phone, I would be content. If only, at least if I drove a car, even if it's a Vitz, if, if I just drove a car, I would be content. Recently, I was on the Southern Bypass and I was driving. And you know, when you begin it at Busega, there's a very big signpost. And it says 100 kilometers per hour. That is like, a, it's a, such a blessing for a man. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it is a license to do what you've been wanting to do on Kampala Road. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I enjoy that part of, because we all get out of that booth and we are, it's like a race. We are all running, you know. And so I, I, I started driving and, as I drove, I thought I was, you know, really driving. And then a guy passed me. I, 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 was, I was past 100 kilometers per hour. And this guy just goes past me. Pew. I, I, I remember thinking in my heart, huh? what? <laughs> I checked, am I at 10 kilometers per hour? What's going on here? The guy went. Now, I don't know what it is about men. I, I really don't know. 
uh, whether I'm with my wife in the car or something, and she starts saying, Ken, don't, don't, don't do it. And I, but just something happens. I, I remember thinking, no, 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 you cannot. You can't leave me here in your dust. And I, so I also started, you know, I, I told my wish, we can do this. We got this. <laughs> so I started pursuing, you know, I started pursuing this guy. I remember halfway the journey, not really half, but I'd gone away. And at some point, I honestly felt God ask me, Ken, what are you doing? What is it? <laughs> And sometimes, you know, because of that, we begin to think, ah, if only I had the other car. There's nothing wrong with desiring things. The challenge is this, that when we put our hearts to desire these things and we get them, they will give us a happiness, it's a temporal happiness. But then that happiness will go away very, very quickly. And then we will want more things, bigger things, better things, newer things, trendier things, latest car, the latest phone, a younger wife, a more significant business. But listen to a wise man, what he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 8. Solomon says, I collected great sums of silver and gold the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked... Everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. Like chasing wind, there was nothing really worthwhile. So friends, we will never find contentment, true lasting happiness and satisfaction in material things of this world. True contentment, true contentment can only be found in God. This is a principle that will help us to walk in God's financial blessing for our lives. The Bible in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 to 10 says this. It says, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. That contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. For we have brought nothing into the world, so it is clear that we cannot take anything out of it either. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who are not financially ethical crave to get rich with a compulsive, greedy longing for wealth. They fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction leading to personal misery. For the love of money, the Bible says, that is the greedy desire for it and the willingness to gain it unethically is the root or a root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves through and through with many sorrows. And from this scripture text, 
we see that we must learn to be content in God's sufficiency. We must learn. Okay? We must learn. Otherwise, we will be like Solomon who pursued all these things in order to find a sense of contentment and satisfaction and at the end he said, meaningless. You see, greed can be defined as an uncontrollable desire to satisfy one's selfish cravings with more and more at any cost and through whichever means possible. I am sure here, whether you're a lady or a gentleman, you have had this situation where you've walked into your closet or looked at your clothes and checked all of them and at some point thought, I don't have anything to wear. But what that says is a certain level of a lack of contentment. You want more. The story told of a Persian farmer called Ali who owned a very large farm and big orchards and grain and gardens. He was a very wealthy man and he was actually contented. He loved what he was doing and he was satisfied with the value that it brought to him until a gentleman from the east came to him and told him about this great wealth that came from mining diamonds. And all of a sudden, he began to desire this other great wealth. That desire drove him to sell the whole of his farm and go and pursue mining of diamonds. And he went and pursued it and bought one mine after another without finding diamonds. When he looked back at what he had and had lost, he was so depressed that he eventually died of depression, and loneliness, and frustration. Years later, the man who bought his farm, as he was looking after his animals, had taken his camels to drink, and he found a place where they had a whale and he was feeding his camel, and all of a sudden he found a stone that was glittering. And he, This is a true story. Found this a stone, pulled it out of the water, and discovered that this was a huge diamond. This is how the mine called Golconda was discovered. The moral of this story, friends, is that what we have, we can be satisfied with it because we know who we have trusted our lives with. We can. We can be content with what we have because we know that God has a plan for our financial blessing. He does. Proverbs 1.19 tells us that so are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. Greed takes away the lives of its possessors. Greed takes away the lives of its possessors. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. I read a quote, and it said, be content with what you have, never with who you are. Improve yourself, yes. Make yourself better, but be content with what God has provided and given to you. 
God's desire for each one of us is that we experience his financial blessing so that in all things and at all times, we will have all that we need. And his blessing will bring us joy. When we trust God, when we are content, what we are communicating with God is, I know that you have my back. I know that the season that I am in, you know about it, you care about it. Proverbs 10 verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings true riches, and he adds no sorrow to it, for it comes as a blessing from God. Friends, contentment releases us from greed to enjoy the blessings of God that add no sorrow. Now, am I saying that it is, it's, it's not important for us to pursue improvement? Okay? That's not what I'm saying. Okay? Setting for where you are, settling for where you are and what you have, are ha settling for where you are and what you have as your lot in life is not what God has uh, purpose for our lives. God wants us to improve ourselves. No, 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 no questions about it. God wants us to grow. But where we are and what he has provided for us at the time is what he wants us to have. And we need to be contented with it. Praise the Lord. So contentment is a choice to live happy, satisfied, in order to maximize every season of your life. Trusting God to take care of you and bring it to pass. His wonderful plan and promises for us. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11 to 13 says this. It says, this is Paul. He's saying, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I have learned by now not to be quite content. Sorry. I have learned by now to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I have found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I can. Like the Apostle Paul, when we embrace an attitude of contentment, in God, we are released to do two things, and we want to see those two things. Number one, we are released to be grateful. When we embrace this attitude, we are released to be grateful. Contentment opens the door to a life of gratitude. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 8 says, But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. We will be content. Philippians 4 Verse 4, 6 to 7, this is what it says. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which, he, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. Contentment does not mean Okay? We do not ask for what we need. That's not what it means. The attitude of contentment comes from a trust that God is aware and is handling as I believe him for the next steps. So contentment releases us to always be grateful to God. But the second thing that contentment releases us to be is to be generous. 
when we do not embrace an attitude of contentment in God as our sufficiency, trusting in his limitless ability to meet all our needs, we can become stingy, live with a scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset is a belief that resources are limited. They are likely to run out and they will never be enough leading us to become hoarders and not generous people. Hoarding is the act of securing away unnecessary large amounts of things for yourself for a future. So the lack of contentment, ladies and gentlemen, in God's sufficiency will hinder our generosity towards others, even towards the work of God. Proverbs 28 verse 22 says, a miser in a hurry to get rich doesn't know that he will end up broke. And yet, Proverbs 11 encourages us. It says, verse 24 to 25, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Friends, commit contentment will lead us to acknowledge, first of all, that God is our source. He is. I know that where I am is because he is able. Meaning that where I want to go, and that's what the scripture, our theme scripture says, first of all, God is able to bless us abundantly. So it allows me then to be generous, not to be afraid. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the most important principles that you and I need to learn if we are going to walk in God's financial plan, okay, for our, our, our financial blessing is contentment. We need it. In fact, as a church, we have practiced generosity for a while. First of all, you and I are generous. We give. And as we give, God has been a blessing. God has blessed many of us by expanding our reach as a church, but also by blessing other people. When we practice generosity, we see that God receives the glory in our giving. Today, I want you to watch a video of a testimony of your generosity and what it has done through this church. Let's watch this video. Hello, Watoto family. We are four weeks away from our miracle missions offering. I know you've been preparing, you are praying, and cannot wait to participate as we give big to advance the kingdom of God. This year, our goal is a big one. $1.5 million, that's huge. But I believe if we put our faith together and we all sacrificially give, we will not only hit our goal, but also exceed it. You see, the Bible says, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So let's stretch our faith together. Now, each time we give a miracle offering, it's always about advancing God's kingdom. And we do it by planting new campuses. For instance, this year, we planted Watoro Church in Nansana, 
and already 700 people have found a home for church there. God is good. But we also want to exercise generosity. We want to bless other ministries. And we've been blessing ministries locally. And I want you to hear one of those testimonies of a ministry that you and I have been a part of in blessing through our miracle missions offering. Hi, Watoto Church. My name is Wilson Bugembe. I'm a musician and I'm also the team leader. This church, the Worship House Nansana, which you guys, Watoto Church, you sent us 20 million to support us. It means a lot, talks a lot about your heart. You have a pure heart. It's very rare, a local church to support a local church. You guys are special. So thank you so much for supporting us. Proverbs 11:25. He who waters shall be watered. Thank you, Pastor Julius. I love Watoto Church. I'm inspired by Watoto Church. I met Pastor Gary. By the way, Pastor Gary visited this church when we were still in tents. Yes, we, me and Pastor Gary, we met a lot. He spoke to me so much. Now we met once. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, congrats. I had you guys open the new campus, this side of Nansana. Wish you good luck. Let God's work be done. That's what we have to do. Thank you so much. I wanted to say Asante Sana. Mungu akubariki sana. I don't know Swahili. Just want to say thanks. Well, that's just one of the many ministries that have been blessed through our collective generosity. And I encourage you get ready. Come the 4th and the 5th of November, we will give big to advance the kingdom of God. God bless you. Friends, contentment releases us to be generous. We've all been given this opportunity to give. You know, there's a scripture that says, if you are faithful with a little, God will entrust you with more. For us to do that, for us to be faithful with a little, we have to have the attitude of contentment. We must be able to be satisfied. Why? Because we know God's plan is good. We sang the song. God's plan is good. It's good. He knows where we are. He knows the season we're in. And he wants us to be faithful in that season. Praise the Lord. Be grateful for whatever he has provided. And then be generous. Be generous with whatever you have. He always asks us, what do you have in your hands? Okay, let's be faithful by being grateful and being generous. I want us to close our service in a moment of prayer because I know that as I spoke, as I talk, uh, God is speaking to you online, in person. God is speaking to you. He knows where you are. I ask God to do that. He knows where you are, what you know, level of contentment you have. There are things that you can live your whole life wishing for and ungrateful and, you know, frustrated. And yet, uh, if you just been, become faith, uh, you know, grateful where you are, God will then entrust you with more. So would you take this time and pray that back to him? I don't know what he's spoken to you, but would you take this time to speak to him? Every head bowed. Just let's talk to God. Let's talk to God. Ask him to help you with contentment, to help you to see that the season you're in is a season that he has purposed. He 
is a season that He wants to bless you in. It's a season that He wants you to grow, be better. But you might also be here, maybe online. You have never trusted the Lord with your life. You've never given your life to Jesus. I want to invite you to do that today. The Bible tells us that God so loved us, so loved us, that He gave His only Son any one of us believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If God is interested in our financial well-being, how much more the eternity of our life, where we will spend eternity. God is interested in your life. God is interested in where you will spend eternity. So if you're here and you've never committed your life to God, you've lived your life the way you want, independent of him, I want, you to, I want to invite you to commit your upstairs, downstairs, online, would you do that? Would you do that? Commit your heart. Commit your life to Him. We're going to do that in a very simple prayer. Very, very simple prayer. Because He says it in His Word. Believe in, in your heart. Confess Him with your mouth and you will be saved. So if you'll say this prayer from the bottom of your heart, you say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me of the way I have lived my life, independent of you. Lord, I, today, I ask you to forgive me. I commit my life to you. I ask you to be Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you said that prayer, and you meant it, most important thing, you meant it in your heart, online or on air. I want you to just raise your hand. Online, you can just put up a uh, uh, emoji sign and just let us know that you have given your life to Christ. If that is you, we want to pray with you. If that is you, if you gave your life to Christ right here, would you raise your hand? We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Thank you. Come on, if that is you, would you raise your hand upstairs or here in person? I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Well, dear Jesus, we thank you. We honor you for every heart raised to you. We pray that Lord, you will come into their lives. We pray that they will begin a new season in their life. A season of knowing you, trusting you, a season of walking by your Holy Spirit. Commit them into your hands in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Can we give Jesus a big hand? Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,